All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. So this is uh, this podcast studio's swan song. I know. The last episode to be recorded in this room. Yep. How do you feel about never having to cross the bridge to do the podcast again? Well, I just bought a house in Halifax. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's amazing. We're like two streets over. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I, I maybe have occasionally neglected to appreciate how much driving you have done. It's just okay. To, it's been over a year, though. Like, you, we work five minutes from here. Right. And so you go home after work and then come all the way back. And you do kind of live, you know, a distance from the bridge. I don't mind it. It's, it's like a 10-minute drive. Yeah. So, like, really, I just hop straight on the highway, come over the bridge, loop onto to, uh, Barrington Street, and... Ooh, here we are. Well, don't give away your address, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Go to Barrington Street, <laughs> knock on 564 Barrington Street house. That's right. If you see the Dairy Queen, you've gone too far. That's right. How are you? How's your week? Uh, good. Yeah? Pretty good, yeah. Good. Yeah, recovering from that Montreal trip that uh, was super fun, very hot, took a lot out of me, but... Is, is that time. it? Are you are you going to take a break from like crazy uh, destination weddings and bachelor parties for a while? Well, I'm supposed to go to one in Edmonton in like three weeks good jesus that's the furthest uh, one yet i know besides vegas it's I guess. it's the only really far one and, and this the bad thing is that i haven't bought the plane tickets yet oh buddy yeah and like just my visa bill from the other ones are like oh i really need to take a stringent like no spending money policy for a while yeah to like pay this off enough to pay for a new flight out to edmonton but it's one of those weddings which honestly, it's not even really a wedding. Mm-hmm. Like they got married already, and this is like they're having all of their family and friends over. But Darren's one of my close friends, right? And he's getting married, kind of, or they're having a party out at this like big campground. Yeah. And a couple of my other friends are going out too, and I'm like, oh well, if they're going, I like I gotta go. No, and it'll be fun. But and it will that be fun. It's wild, I, and like I kind of feel like a lot of my buddies mm-hmm. who are starting to become engaged and plan their weddings. Um, like we don't all live in the same city anymore, but I, I don't know if if destination's going to be a big issue among no. my group. You're just you'll be like, nah, yeah. No, I'm I mean next gonna Christmas I'm gonna have to go to Toronto. Mm-hmm. I mean Christmas season. Um, but like that's uh, that's the only instance I can think of where I'll have to get on a plane to go to a wedding. That was really the two. I mean, like in in Montreal, it was like Jen and my friend. Mm-hmm. That we're getting married, so we we obviously had to go to that. And then, was that an Airbnb on your Instagram? Yeah, that was beautiful. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah, it was great. What did you pay for that? Uh, well, it was it was split between like eight different people over three different nights. Was there four bedrooms? Oh yeah, there yeah. was. Uh, I think there was four in a pullout or three in a pullout. Yeah, but, but was, there was plenty of sleep space. Was for, it like a grand? For the time, uh, it was. I, well, I think it was over that, probably. But yeah. like per person, it ended up being two sixty. That's pretty good. Two sixty each for yeah. like that place was awesome. So like two grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Yeah, high twos. I think. Even. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's, it looks like you're comfortable. That's that's really oh cool. totally. It had an. It was like the Big Brother house. It had an awesome like back deck. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was following your Instagram yeah. pretty intently for the first couple of days, and then it stopped. So I figured you either died or were having a blast. <laughs> no, I I put some up at the wedding, didn't I? I don't care about that though. Oh, okay. I care more about the the tourist component. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I want fun. them to stay married and everything. I'm happy for uh, totally. your friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like happy for love winning. But. 
<laughs> it definitely won that night. Love won. Yeah. What a day. But, yeah. I almost included that in my speech. Did you give a speech? No, no I didn't make a speech. I'm You've just only joking. done speeches at one of the weddings? Uh, yes. I've never given a speech at a wedding. No? No. I'm you're, terrified you're of crowds. What's that? I'm terrified of crowds. I know. Yeah. But having said that, I think you would come off better than 90% of people that aren't terrified of crowds. Maybe I'd rise to the occasion. Yeah, I think you would. Maybe. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's talk about some some TV things. All right, TV business. There's lots of there's lots of things, or at least some some hefty things. Did you watch the second episode of what, Who Is America? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. Do you have any idea of any of the stuff that happened? Uh, I heard that a Republican said the N word and was basically like said he was going to resign because of that. Well, that that is accurate. Okay. He he's he's a lawmaker, so he's a member of the House of Representatives. Okay. Uh, and I almost said Borat. Uh, Sasha in character has him tricked into thinking they're doing some kind of informational video again. Uh, And so he doesn't just say the N word. He says the N word a bunch. Yeah. He shouts it. He uses his bare ass as a weapon, threatening to turn a person homosexual by touching them with his bare ass. (laughs) He uses a selfie stick to take upskirt shots of women in burkas. What did he think this video was for? Exactly. That's the other thing that's mesmerizing about this whole experiment is that it's not like it's hidden camera. No. These people know they're being recorded. Yeah. And so he said it was a violation of his privacy. He said he would not resign. A couple days later, uh, I think we're at today, he is going to resign. Wow. So what happens, like, do they know... At this point, like, say the person on episode four, are they like, oh, shit. I know for sure that I'm, that well, I, that was one of the guys. That happened with Dick Cheney, whose episode was this week. And okay. it's happened already with Sarah Palin, who's not yet appeared in the show. But right. she knows she's coming up in it. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that there must be people who are shaking going, oh, I'm in my final days. Right. But there are also people who are thinking, yeah, but these are wild times. Like, this guy really thought this will blow over. Even yeah. though he screamed the N-word a bunch right. on TV as yeah. a member of the House of Representatives. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it. It was very disturbing. Really? It, was, it yeah. wasn't even like, oh, this is I mean, it's fascinating, yeah. but it's very unsettling. Ugh. So somebody who you are a big fan of mm-hmm. uh, has a directing credit on this episode of uh, Who is America? Okay. Do you know who it is? Yes. I, I was texted by one of our co-workers that... Um, Nathan Fielder. Yeah. I, I heard that he also was a writer on it. but a Writer, just... uh, like producer, director on one of the four sketches. Okay. So he just worked on one of them. Right. Uh, and we don't know which one it is. Yeah, I, I, it's so funny because I was thinking that while watching the first episode, how much awkward humor makes me laugh when the interviewer is in on it. Right. But both of these guys are really good in enduring that, aren't they? That's right. They, That's like, the they can put themselves in the most uncomfortable position and not wince about... You know, okay, how do I make it more awkward? Say this. Like, I know that Sasha's experiment was to expose what he already knew was there. And what I think a lot of people knew was there, but it's uh, very disturbing to see it firsthand. He must be thinking while he's performing in these sketches, this is too easy. Like, when you watch this, this guy, Jason Spencer, you have to imagine Sasha's going, I can't believe how easy I got him to say the N word. Right. To scream it, no (laughs) less. Yeah. And then to have the presence of mind to know what to do next. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And to not get caught to up To not with just want to sit back and watch. No, his first instinct, without giving it away, is, what are you doing? That's yeah. what Sasha's character is like, don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so his character does not say that. 
No, no, no. No, no he, he puts like, the guy on blast. He makes him feel shame right away. Right. Oh, he, so he says, don't say that. Yeah, what are you doing? Anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, it's really What something. character is he playing? Is he playing one of the same four from last week? No, like the militia guy yeah. with the heavy uh, Middle Eastern <laughs> accent. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think uh, that guy returns in a couple of sketches. They do two with him, one with the guy in the scooter, the yeah. Republican guy, and then there's like a new version of the artist guy right. who's like, uh, I, he's more like a, like a celebrity artistic photographer. Right. But yeah. but Sasha Baron Cohen doesn't, doesn't put the other person up to saying the N-word. Like he puts the... He kind of incepts the word into the guy's brain. Okay. He says uh, in... America, there's only one word that is completely forbidden, and that is the N-word. Right. And then he appears to... So he says that, and then he goes, so if you were trying to uh, drum up attention so that, uh, <laughs> so that like, the bad guy would be the center of attention, what would you do? And the right. guy just starts screaming it. Oh, my God. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. I wonder how many failed attempts there were throughout this show. Did I tell you about the, the, the gun shop owner who knew right away yes. it was Borat? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I, I just wonder, like... You know, if there were people that they had on that they did full segments with that didn't know who he was, yeah, but were like, no, no, I'm not gonna say that. Yeah, like, I, I have to think. Yeah, I have to have like some semblance of like a shred of faith in humanity. That and do we know how long he worked on it for? Like, was no. this from like a year? We don't ago? even know how many seasons of, or how many episodes, episodes of this, this there are. There could just be like four, maybe. Nice. It's a mystery. We'll find out. So the great uh, pop cultural story of the week is James Gunn. Yes. Being fired by Disney. Well, okay. Can you explain to me what he did? Yep. It was a joke he made on Twitter. I can tell you anything you need to know. Okay. Let's hear it. James Gunn is the director of the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. He's been in the yep. Disney family for a long time. Right. Uh, I think he also directed like Scooby-Doo or something. Okay. It's been around for a long time. Ten years ago, he had a habit of tweeting very bad jokes. Okay. Um. Un, like borderline unforgivable jokes jokes oh. about pedophilia right. um okay. uh, and the only thing saving them is that there is no question in the context of his tone they are jokes right so they're they're completely inexcusable jokes they're hor they're not funny right they're not saved by humor they're distasteful they're bad mm -hmm. and 10 years ago he apologized for them publicly okay these have not just come to Disney's attention now. Right. He's gone on to uh, make two of their more successful Marvel superhero movies. Uh, he apologized, and he has, by all accounts, uh, proven to grow as a person in that he has not had a repeat offense of this uh, bad humor. Making bad jokes on Twitter. Uh, and some Republican blog found them mm -hmm. which is not hard to do because they've always existed right um and decided they were going to bring down james gunn because he's from the liberal media right uh and so they made them a big thing they reminded people of these tweets and disney fired james gunn right um for a thing they already knew he did mm -hmm. a company that made songs of the south and I never seen an elephant fly and we are Siamese, if you please. Right. Uh, you would think that they would understand that people can grow. Now, I really sound like I have a position on this. Mm -hmm. I think I do. Um, but you got to be careful, too, because you don't want to align yourself with the wrong side of outrage. Um, <laughs> and history. And history. Exactly. 
Um, but the response to this one has been very different. Yeah. For Selma Blair, who's a woman in Hollywood, right. to spearhead the petition to get James Gunn rehired, right. which was asking for three 300,000 signatures, which, by the way, just happened two hours ago. Really? Um, Chris Pratt, who's like a religious person and a father. Yeah. Um, it, he like tweeted something from the Bible. It was, was cryptic. Like, you know, don't, don't be judged. And the guy who plays Drax was way less cryptic about it. He was flat out like, this is ridiculous. Batista? Uh, yeah, yeah. Dave Batista. Yeah. Uh, like James Gunn is a good person. And that's what everybody's saying is like, right. I've worked with this guy and this is a good human. Right. This is like, are we really not going to let him work yeah. again? This Zoe is Zoe Saldana. I don't think like hit it on the head, but was very like, I love everyone I work with on these movies. Yeah. Like, everyone. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. I don't know what Disney's going to do. I kind of feels like now, you know, like when two people break up and the other person was wrong about the reason they broke up, but yeah. like, do you want to get back together? Right. You know what I mean? Like now it's, isn't there going to be bad blood? Right. So I don't know. Do you think that, um, do you think that the petition would ever be enough? I don't know. We've talked about petitions before. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't really believe in petitions. Right. Um, like, I mean, unless they're to, you know, allow people to sit wherever they want on the bus or something like if it's actually going to improve culture yeah um but you might argue that the outrage on social media over what's happening in hollywood not just me too related but stuff that extends to like james gunn outrage or whatever it might be um is affecting culture in as powerful a way like it's affecting people everywhere Mm -hmm. um so i don't know i don't know i don't i i don't the thing about petitions is Disney doesn't have to do anything. Like that's inherently the the point of let's get 300,000 signatures. Right. Well, nothing has to happen at 300,000 signatures. That's an arbitrary term. Disney can do whatever they want. They can employ whoever they want. Right. Um, but yeah, so like in like a political context, petitions work, but mm-hmm. in entertainment, they don't have to. So right. I find it kind of stupid. But on the other hand, it's kind of a, an opportunity to show that there is support for the opposition. Right. Um, somewhat relating to that, did you hear about the... Okay, so you heard about Dan Harmon, who yep. deleted Twitter. Very similar situation. Very similar situation. Was a, a Channel 101 thing. that He was basically like the owner of Channel 101, I think. It was kind of Funny or Die before Funny or Die existed and before YouTube really existed. It was yeah. like a... Old 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 like i remember seeing channel 101 when i was in like grade nine grade 10 he simulated a rape yeah like he kind of like against, mimed a rape against like a baby doll yeah like it was supposed to be apparently it was supposed to be a spoof on the show dexter oh um but it was with the doll and so yeah obviously very strange yeah um has been around for a while i think and uh yeah i don't someone dug it up this this all made me go through my Twitter. I'm at like 2014 right now. Yeah, just scrolling back until you I, really I still have you're it doing up. a call of your Twitter. I'm doing a call just to see what like what what did I put at certain dates. Good for you. But most of it has been very clean so far, of course, and actually a lot of funny like show show related banter. Really? <laughs> yeah, that I'm noticing. <laughs> good. Um, but yeah, I think we're in 2014, 2013. I'm like so far so good, but I'm just waiting for me to have said something inappropriate as like a university 
like hungover university student. Do or... you get like terrible cringe going back through? Because like I get those Facebook memory notifications, and I have to check them every day. Yeah, but it nauseates me every morning. Really? <laughs> to look at old stuff I posted on social media ten years ago. Yeah, there's some there's some bad ones in there for sure. I mean, like just that you're like, Ugh, whatever. Okay, I don't care. Um, but then there's other tweets that I'm, I find very funny. Yeah. I'm like, how did that not get any more likes? I have those. There's two tweets I've had in my entire decade on Twitter yeah. that I'm still bitter didn't go viral because I thought <laughs> they were that good. Right. And one is, this is years ago. One is, I think it's important to be earnest, but you know me, I'm kind of wild. <laughs> okay. And the other one is my favorite tweet I've ever had. Yeah. And it's, why is it always the Olympics at the Bay? Yeah, it's that's a good point. <laughs> that's my favorite thing I ever tweeted, and yep. it got no likes. <laughs> um, I had one that was, do they know it's Boxing Day at all? Nice. <laughs> Which I thought was really good <laughs> on Boxing Day. That's great. And, like, yeah, there was another one that I really liked, too. There, oh, um, one was during the Oscars. It was like, did you know that La La Land in English translate to The The Land? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, this, these are genius that tweets, is a guys. gem that's a great tweet uh, anyway anyway dan Harmon. <laughs> so back to dan Harmon. yeah <laughs> uh, did a call on my twitter felt guilt-free right. dan Harmon doesn't deleted twitter himself yes um I, d- is this jeopardizing anything that dan Harmon's doing or is it just kind of putting him in the eye of controversy which i think he's got his own fan base i think like, showtime's shown him a little bit of support yeah is that his network for rick and morty um nope no, it would be Adult Swim for Rick It is Adult Swim. Oh, it's Adult Swim. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, so... I, well, I, I mean, the know. pilot episode of their show was all about like, hey, Morty, you're going to have to shove this way up your butt. Right. <laughs> like, it's going to be a big nut, and you got to put it way up there. So I, I think that humor kind of maintained. I think it started with, not even with, uh, with Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby, it started with Kevin Spacey, where people started to decide as soon as the news broke if someone's career was over. Right. And like, I do think Kevin Spacey's career should be over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are other people who were littered in with that wave who I don't necessarily think that way for. Right. And again, I'm trying not to be on the wrong side of history. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to be thoughtful, you yeah, know? Totally. Like, uh, but we haven't yet seen the comeback so like i saw uh, james franco he's in talks to do some movie with somebody i don't remember the details but like he's gonna try and do his comeback soon i think right and another one is aziz ansari like that's a guy who doesn't he he at least deserves a chance to come back right. we'll see how people feel about it mm-hmm. uh and that brings us to today's news which is that amc has reinstated chris harwick as the host of talking dead and talking with chris harwick which comes back august 16th whoa that's very soon pretty quick pretty quick so so i not mean a whole lot more has been made of that though eh? well a lot of uh a, a lot of counter offers have been made to it and i've done a couple of different reversals on how i feel about that situation mm-hmm. but i do know that no one else has corroborated those claims right some people have had like conflicting uh, perspectives and there was an investigation done. Uh, AMC hired a private firm to <laughs> really? do an investigation wow. and they have uh, vaguely deemed that through their knowledge of Chris Hardwick as a professional, they see no reason not to reinstate their working relationship with him. Crazy. Um, and so people, there's some people who are upset about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some people who are thrilled about that. I don't know. 
You don't have but to but this might be the first instance of somebody who was predicted to have lost their career overnight mm-hmm. trying to make a comeback. And this is the first chance we get to see how the world reacts to that. Right. You texted me immediately and said, Chris Hardwick, man. Yeah. And I was like, what happened? And you said, he's done. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, oh, God, what, what did this maniac do? I was really disappointed by that one. Sure, of course. Uh, I, I want to say even more so than like Louis C.K. Because there's a part of me that w- that believed the Louis C.K. thing. Well, the Louis C.K. thing had been going on for so long. That's too. right. It wasn't quite as abrupt. That's true, too. The thing with Chris, whether it's true or not, is it was shocking. Yes. Because if it is true, mm-hmm. amazingly covered for a right. long time, personally yeah. speaking. So I don't know. Maybe he's just being an ID tenty. Yeah, I think probably <laughs> something like that. I think that's the defense. The lawyers will hang it on whether or not Disney decides to rehire James Gunn. And I don't think I'm going to go on record and say, I don't think they will. Okay. Uh, his Amazon reboot of Starsky and Hutch has been uh, canceled. Really? Yeah. He was going to reboot Starsky and Hutch with Amazon. They're not moving forward with that. Why wouldn't you? Did he yeah. do the Starsky and Hutch movie? No, he didn't. Okay. No. Yeah, honestly, like I think Amazon has the opportunity to like win nerd culture. One hundred percent. Yeah, whether it's like, right or wrong, I don't know. It's yeah. At least at this point, they're they're in a, a place where they know that he's getting a ton of support. Yeah. From, and yeah, kind of like be the good guy, be the multi-billionaire good guy. Well, and, and now he's in this weird position where he's the multi-millionaire powerful hollywood director who's the underdog right and his next thing is going to be like an underdog so that's kind of an awkward strange position but it could be a powerful position what is his next thing we don't know it was going to be starsky and hutch and guardians 3 right well here's the other thing do you think that amazon was trying to figure a way to bail out of starsky and hutch Maybe, but why did they green light it in the first place if that's the case? Well, I don't know. Maybe they started to see some scripts come through. They weren't sure. They Can I tell you a funny story? Yeah. Uh, the other day I was on Amazon and I was just like shopping. I was just window shopping mm-hmm. uh, on a Windows program. Yeah. And <laughs> you were literally Windows shopping. I was Windows shopping on Amazon. And there was something in the corner because I was like logged in. And uh, I went to my, my, my checkout basket. Mm-hmm. like my wish list or whatever. And it said something about your prime. Okay. And I was like, hang on. And then I came home and I turned on the Apple TV and I downloaded the prime widget okay. and I logged into it with my Amazon login. Yeah. And I have Amazon prime. You've had Amazon prime. All I've had long. Amazon prime for like four years. <laughs> You've been just been paying for Amazon prime. Yeah. I've just been paying for it. Cause I'm not diligent with my finances without knowing it. <laughs> so this is not a lot of money. It's sure. just a little bit of money. It's like the, it's McDonald's French fries sure, that just like disappear once a month. Per month or something. Yeah. It's nothing. Okay. And so I lot in the library is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all this stuff that doesn't double over with Netflix that I've yeah. had access to for all years. Along. Well, and the weirdest thing is I've always thought, why would I ever get Amazon prime? My packages always arrive the next day. <laughs> it's because I have Amazon Prime. Did, was there? There must have been Amazon Prime like packing tape on it. Like, no, really? Well, if there was, I just assumed it was their branding, like sure. their advertising. They're like, oh, they want me to get Prime. Yeah, but no way. They're not gonna have separate tape for they Amazon and Amazon oh, Prime. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Can I order some stuff through you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah, if you're waiting like six days to get your stuff, don't. <laughs> you're gonna have to change the address. Though. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I gotta do that. 
I am moving. That's true. Um, uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, there was something else I was going to mention. Frances McDormand. Do you hear about her? No. What's she doing? So we've been following the Good Omens uh, preamble. Mm. The Neil Gaiman, Terry Pratchett book. Yep. John Hamm. Yep. Uh, Frances McDormand has been cast as God. Whoa. Isn't that great? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I might have to read this book. Yeah. What's it called again? Good Omens. Good Omens. Good Omens. Good Omens. Good Omens. I'm going to have to read it too. You can borrow my copy. Do you want to do a Good Omens book club? Oh, but if I'm borrowing your copy. But you can just get yours on Amazon Prime. Welcome <laughs> come tomorrow. Mine's from a used bookstore. Really? I have a used bookstore fetish. So cool. Yeah. Which used bookstore? Uh, you name it, man. Trident? I love Trident. That is the unsung hero of used bookstores in this city. Oh, crushing it. This podcast is brought to you by Trident. I don't know if we mentioned it earlier, but they are sponsoring the entire podcast all up to the first hundred episodes. That's right. <laughs> Their tenure is running out. Yes. So we've only got a couple left and we've never mentioned them on air before. Trident is great. Your Duels family. used to be better when it looked like Diagon Alley on Barrington Street and right. now it's on Main Street. Okay. Uh, it's kind of close to where Ralph's place was, the strip club. Oh, oh, that's a good place. Uh, great bookstore. Oh, cool. It's, it's easily the biggest used bookstore in the province. Great to know. Yeah. Um, there was a really great one called Back Pages that used to be on Queen Street. It's gone now. There's another And are one. they well organized? Yes. Oh, great. Yeah. But in like also an endearingly chaotic way. Okay, sure. Yes. Great sure. store. Anyway, used bookstores, support them. Go there. Yeah. Frances McDormand, she's the best. Uh, she's God. She's got what? She's God. Oh. Oh. <laughs> she's got the role of God. Oh, okay. She's got high hopes. Uh, mid-90s. Have you seen the trailer for mid-90s? No. This is Jonah Hill's movie. Oh, His direct, yeah. directorial debut. It. Seriously, the trailer looks great. Looks good. A24 kind of has a ability to make great trailers. Yes. Um, and 8th Grade is crushing right now. Yep. And Bo has been all over the place. Yep. But they also made like Lady Bird and uh, all kinds of huge movies. Totally. Huge movies. Or huge indie movies. Who is in... Mid nineties, yeah, mid nineties. Lucas Hedges, speaking of Lady Bird, and uh, he's also the kid from Manchester by the Sea. Okay. So he's kind of like the the new uh, Oscar twenty one year old actor. He's but quite he, good, but he's not the guy from Call Me by Your Name. No, that's Chalamet. Right, Chalamet. Yeah. No, mid nineties looks good. Okay, you, you watch the trailer and you're going to recognize the aesthetic. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like the whole like ninety. 90- like literally like 95, 96 kind of feel? It's it's very appealing. Okay. I'm into it. Uh, Robert De Niro might join Joaquin Phoenix in the Joker movie. Really? Yeah. We talked about the Joker movie. Yep. I think this is going to be a low-budge Joker movie. This is so interesting. Yeah, Dude, it is. Is it going to be the very inception of Joker? Like, a Well, that's a tricky thing because there's there's Joker. no confirmed inception of Joker. Like, there's, there's no one definite origin story for right. the Joker. Besides... I had a wife. Well, yeah, yes, but... <laughs> but the, he tells three different stories. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's a mystery. So there is a, a graphic novel called The Killing Joke, which right. which kind of gives some background, although it's also left a little murky, like it might not be true. Right. Uh, and honestly, if the story in The Killing Joke is the true story of the origin of the Joker, it sucks. Uh-huh. Uh, even though the comic book is good. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to give an origin. And also, who's the Joker without the Batman? Yeah, so is Batman not going to be in it, or is he going to play a part? Or I don't think. Hmm. And also, Joaquin Phoenix is kind of old, 
So is he playing older Joker? <laughs> Maybe. Like kind of washed up Joker? That might be okay. And then Robert De Niro is going to be in it. He's even older Joker. Do you think he's going to play another iteration of Joker? No. <laughs> no. Just imagine. When that. was the last time you saw Robert De Niro, like, wind up? Or yeah. laugh, for <laughs> yeah, that matter. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Just do it. That's pretty good. People can't hear it at home, but that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, that was good, too. Yeah. yeah, we're pretty good. Demi Lovato overdosed on heroin yesterday. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Didn't you hear about that? No. Man, it was huge. Because yeah. she was, like, clean and sober for a long She's time. clean and sober right? for a long time, but four weeks ago she put out a song called, like, Not Sober. Like, she, she very oh. openly said in a song, she's not sober. And then she fired her two managers who famously got her sober. Oh, God. So it's actually not shocking that this happened. Right. I saw an article today that was like, we have reason to believe she also was doing meth, but meth was not part of the overdose. And I was like, <laughs> okay, good. So just heroin. Yeah. <laughs> but we should be concerned about the meth thing, too. She's... Oh, my God. Yeah. She almost died, for sure. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was rushed to hospital. She was unconscious. And now she's okay. But, yeah, like, it, it kind of looked for an hour, like, oh, this might go very poorly. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. So, has she made any statement or anything since? No. Just her lawyers are, like, Demi's recovering with Who her she family. she hasn't fired yet. Uh, not her lawyers. Like, right. her like her PR people. Right. But, like, her personal manager. Was she still dating Wilmer Valderrama? I forgot about that. I don't yeah. think so. They were dating for a while, I think. I don't think so. Man, crazy. Yeah. I gotta tell Jen. She must already know. Demi Lovato. Yeah, it's tough. Drugs are tough. That's what I've heard. That, but but this is why I would be now. I'm even more interested in Demi Lovato. Me too. Isn't that kind of sad? Yeah. Yeah. It is sad. But you know about my my predisposition to heroin addiction. Yeah, you are fascinated in heroin. My predispositional interest. In oh, I just had a hunch. Hang on a second. Let me Google something. Let's find it out. Uh, all right, Demi Lovato. Googling Demi Lovato. This is riveting. I know. Radio. I'm trying to fill the gap for you, but I don't even really know what to say. I mean, I'm well, I just have I just Lovato. have a hunch, and it's a little morbid, but I gotta right. do it. Oh God! Here we go. Uh, maybe I'll have to make an edit here because <laughs> this is taking way too long. Uh, Demi Lovato is 25 years old. Oh, you were wondering if she was 27? Yes, I was. <laughs> to yeah. be in the Forever 27 Club? Well. Yeah, that's fair. The other day was Amy Winehouse's death anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who's in it? Let's count them out. We got Amy Winehouse. Yeah. We got... Uh, Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin. Jim Morrison. Kurt Cobain. We got Jim Morrison. Yeah. We got Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think so. Jimi Hendrix was only 27. I think so. How come he looks like 50 in all pictures? Because he did so many drugs. Okay, let's look it up. Let's fact check this shit. How old was Jimi Hendrix? I'm saying what Sweets is typing in right now. When he died. He was 27. You're correct. Oh, a lot of mercy. That's amazing, eh? Yeah. Some serious ones. I know. All All 27. What a turning point. How old are you? I'm going to be 27 in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, buckle the F up, man. You just bought a house. All I'm saying. And weed's about to be legal. That's true. It's going to be weed that does me in. All I'm saying is make sure you don't try to like roof your own house or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any risk of that. (laughs) We're all worried. Jane Fonda has confirmed they're doing a nine to five sequel. Like working nine to five. Yeah. She made a movie with Lily Tomlin and and, uh, Dolly Parton in like like the seventies or something. Right. And they're going to do a sequel with the original cast. Good for them. Yeah. It is good for them. (laughs) 
<laughs> Did you listen to the Mad- Malcolm Gladwell podcast about mm. uh, Elvis? No. It was kind but of. But this is an interesting segue. Yes. Well, I started thinking about Dolly Parton, country, Elvis. Okay. Anyways, uh, and then I kind of, I think, thought about Jack White singing Jolene, which is a Dolly Parton song. Yeah. Jack- Miley Cyrus also really does it well. Oh, nice. She does a good Jolene. Jack White did, uh, and he was kind of in the episode a little bit. Oh. And it was all about why Elvis couldn't get through certain live versions of certain songs. Anyway, you should listen to it. I will listen to that. It's pretty interesting. I was fascinated to learn recently that Jack White is a lovely person. Yeah. I've heard him in a couple of interviews and I was like, oh, you're fun and like interesting and chatty. Like I would have thought for sure he'd be a pain in the ass. Did I tell you about seeing him here in Halifax in 2007? No, that's great. It was the, it was top, top two shows I think I've ever seen. Oh, so you didn't just like run into him. You saw him live in a show. No. I don't know why I thought you like cameoed Jack White in your life. Well, this was on this was in the um on the Northern Lights tour. And on that tour they were playing in several different uh provinces. Actually, so they played across Canada, but they did a like small random free show, free mm-hmm. public show wherever they went. But they wouldn't kind of drop where they were going until a day of. And I found out that they were playing at the Locus. The pool hall just off of Spring Garden Road. Oh. And so I went there. I drove there immediately. And there was a huge crowd outside. And I got closer and got closer and got closer. And then the door shut. And I like I could touch the door with my hand. And you just started hearing them play like nah, nah, oh, nah, nah, no. and people were just like, Oh, hold the jar the door jar so we could at least hear it. Yeah. But I had a ticket to the show that night. Oh, okay. But it was a 19 plus show. Oh. So I had to get a fake ID. <laughs> oh, wow. You got, got one that, you got one that day. <laughs> yeah. Man, that whole story. Yeah. You should write the screenplay. It was because a that, fun that day. is a great coming of age story you about know, like, like one of those great teen stories that takes place all in one night. Yep. And summer's almost over and we're going to different schools. Yep. It was one of those. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. it was one of those mornings that I woke up and I kind of started laughing. Like, yeah. <laughs> what an awesome night. Like, yeah. I went to, uh, and I met a couple friends there. And went to Gus's Pub afterwards. And nice. That was the first bar that I used. Okay. Speaking of idea. seeing people in Halifax and Gus's Pub, how come mm-hmm. we've never talked on the podcast about how you saw Jordan Peele walking down the street? Yeah, and Chelsea Peretti. That's so great. She tweeted today that she missed Halifax. She had a ball here. Uh, yeah, I, I really believe that. I didn't know that because someone someone said, "Hey, do you think she'll like commented on her post and said like, "Hey, do you think she'll be like doing any public signings or pictures with fans or anything?" And she commented underneath, um, I'm pretty sure she did in the public gardens for like 20 minutes. She and then called like, it the public gardens? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And and like went on to say like a couple other things. And I, at that point, I kind of thought, oh, like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't address her or anything if I saw her. And that, you didn't. And I did. Oh, you played it cool. Yeah. We, we yeah. literally just turned and we're like, oh, well, there she is. You're sitting on the patio there in front of Gus's pub or yep. in front of the chain yard. Yeah. And the two of them are walking by and Jordan Peele's carrying their baby. Yes. Yeah. Jordan That's, Peele's like strolling their he's baby. He's kind of giant, eh? Someone, actually one of my friends said, oh, there goes homeless Jordan Peele. And stopped and went, That's actually Jordan Peele. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. That's super cool to me. It was he great. came to see her in Halifax. She was here for a good month. They were shooting two streets over. Yeah. Like Becky and I have said... We have this vision that they maybe shot a scene on our street and yeah. that you'll be able to see my cat Mia in the window in the, in the movie. <laughs> How incredible. That, that would be. make my life. Are you <laughs> kidding? <laughs> I'm excited for that movie. They shot a movie uh, with the girl who plays Cheryl Blossom in Riverdale. Okay. In my high school last summer. 
Okay. And I've seen the trailer and it's a horror movie and it's not like get out scary or uh, the quiet place scary. Like I definitely can't watch this movie. It looks terrifying. Oh really? Um, but it, it's like a horror. It's like, like a, uh, a really scary movie. Gotcha. Uh, and, but like not a good movie, but just like really scary and um, I wouldn't enjoy it. But it, it bums me out because I would love to see scary shit happen in my high school. Totally. So I watched the trailer, and that is my high school. Really? Yeah. And you're like, there it is. Not going to watch it. Yeah. With Cheryl Blossom, who's the best part of Riverdale. Is she? Yeah. I thought um, uh, Jughead was. No, he's terrible. <laughs> he's terrible. <laughs> is that show still on? Yeah, it's huge. Okay. It's not good anymore. The first season was like lovably, deliciously bad. Now it's right. just bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's all jump the shark. It's all jump the shark. Jumped right over. Kelsey Grammer's uh, pursuing a Frasier reboot. He's trying to shop that around. Mm. He wants that to be done. What do you think? You like Frasier? No. Oh, you don't? No. We we watched the first episode. I never watched anything other than the first episode. I misremember. I thought you were like kind of a subtle a sleeper Frasier fan. I kind of became a subtle sleeper fan of the pilot, but did not like. You know, I found it amusing. It's a mistake. They shouldn't do it. Yeah, this is like I, becoming I so way either. too normalized. Yeah. What are they going to bring back next? I mean, Cheers and Friends would be the, the big two, I think, at this point. It's already been confirmed they're not doing Friends. That Friends it's, is not going to It's never going to happen I know, as long I know. as we're living. And I know that. Cheers, too. I mean, like, everybody's... like <laughs> Cheers. Everyone should be past Cheers at this yeah, point. Yeah, I don't think anybody even wants that. No. Not that I would put it past them anyway. Uh, Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. Here we go again. Uh, pretty big box office, not as big as I expected. Okay. Uh, it didn't win the weekend. I think in the UK did or something. Maybe it did in the UK. I don't oh, know. Okay. Um, I watched Mamma Mia last week. Like I saw, the, I saw the stage show and it was very good. Okay. And I watched the movie. I'd never seen the movie. The movie is not good. No, it's a bad film. Yeah. Um, but I also understand that that's kind of the point. That like you're not you're not watching it for the Godfather. You're it's 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 a, a hilariously enjoyable movie. Sure. Here's the thing. <laughs> Mamma Mia 2 is being called the Godfather 2 of musical movies. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. They, it has like a sick Rotten Tomatoes score. Really? And again, it's not a masterpiece and it knows that, but it's so proud of what it is right. that it's a blast to watch. And also Lily James plays younger Meryl Streep, a la Robert De Niro. Right. And I guess she crushes it. Okay. And, uh, and they're I, still using all ABBA songs? Yeah, they're recycling a bunch of ABBA songs like Super Trooper and Dancing Queen because they used them all in the first one. Oh, that's so dumb. They got Fernando in this one, which was not in the in the in the first one. That's good. It was on the stage show, but it's or no, it wasn't. Anyway, it's in this new one. Cher sings it. Sure. I find myself having hated the first movie, desperate to see the second one. <laughs> Why? Just because it's topical. You just want to be a hype beast. You want to be a, a pop junkie. Back it up. What's a hype beast? Well, I'd be... You, you threw that out so naturally like it's a thing, and I'm scared that's exactly what I am. <laughs> a hype beast is more of a fashion It sounds term. like a pejorative. No, a hype beast is like, you know, like, you get the newest, like, Jordans and, like, wear the coolest okay, new, Okay, but do like, you know how clothes. quickly I became a LeBron James fan? <laughs> that's true. You're <laughs> it's a the hype same beast. thing. <laughs> You're a hype beast. Well, in but every... I don't even think that's, a, that's necessarily a negative. It sounds derogatory. In every discussion <laughs> we have had about basketball, yeah. I am discussing my insecurity with the fact that I like the most obvious player and team. Sure. Well, so that, I'm a hype beast. now you like the Lakers. I guess. No, but I don't like the Lakers. A hype beast is more like you... Yeah, I guess you do kind of... Like, it's about following the hype 
you're following the hype of Mamma Mia, here we go again. My friend Duncan You're called, the only hype beast who is following. My friend Duncan calls that a bandwagon bitch. Bandwagon that's what, bitch. That's what he calls it. Sure. Yeah, I probably am that. I want to see Mamma Mia 2, here we go again. <laughs> I want to go again. I just want to be a bandwagon bitch. <laughs> I do. Hype beast is suddenly way cooler. Here we go again. When the, yeah. two, when the two options are bandwagon bitch and hype beast, I think I know what I'm picking. Yeah, hype beast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hashtag hype beast. Want to talk about shows? Yeah, let's do it. It is your turn to pick one. Okay, 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 okay. I know which one you're going to pick, and that leaves me in Shit Creek. Yes. I'm going with The Looming Tower. Are you? Okay, great. No, no, I'm not. No. I'm going with Insecure. <laughs> Recap the episode, the first episode of Issa Rae's Insecure on go in three, two, one, go. Okay, so Issa Rae works for a tutoring company um, that caters essentially to, like, inner city kids uh she's 29 her boyfriend's kind of going nowhere her friend is also like a little caught up with no love life so they plan to go out she plans to maybe break up with her boyfriend uh she does some open mic that hurts her friend's feelings because it's about her vagina Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) they end up having a fight she almost hooks up with her boyfriend but then they get back together at the end she doesn't hook up with her boyfriend. She hooks up. She so, so hooks up with her ex-boyfriend. She almost so. hooks up with this other guy. I don't know if he's the ex-boyfriend. I think he's just kind of like the. She calls him oh. the "what if" guy. Oh, he was the club guy. Yeah, Daniel or Danny or something. Gotcha. Is that his name? Yeah, Daniel. Yeah, he's the "what if" guy. He's the "what if" guy. I think it was her ex-boyfriend. Maybe. Yeah, it, oh, he was the one who was messaging throughout. Yeah, because she was like, "I miss you too" and stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Since you brought it up, we may as well go there first. Okay. Broken pussy. Yeah. Is that a good song? <laughs> is that a song that we should play? Part of me thinks it's a good song. Yeah, I think it was. I think they had some help in writing that sure, song. Sure. But and the term was funny, and I don't think this like, I don't think it was that offensive. I think she was just kind of borrowing it from a term she made up earlier. Uh, no. I mean, it's it's not offensive if she says it. It's just no. like a funny thing she was she was bantering. On. I just meant like her friend ended up being super offended and was like, oh, she's talking yeah. about me. Oh, no, reasonably so. She was talking about her. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she definitely was. I actually found that character Molly really interesting because like our first introduction to Molly uh, was she's, everyone likes her. Yeah. She's, she's talking about like how, because you know how it's kind of a cliche in these stories for your main character to have a best friend who's more popular than her. Yeah. And that's kind of the idea. She's, Molly's got her shit together. Black people love her. White people love her. Yeah. Uh, she's she's the opposite of insecure. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to our first intimate scene with Molly where she's being a text clinger. Right. And she's like texting the guy too much and she is just as insecure as Issa. Totally. So I thought that character was kind of interesting. I, so they're both insecure um so is her boyfriend so who's like boyfriend. watching videos of like how to get pumped or get how to jacked. get how to get jacked and he's not doing it i felt bad for him me I too like, leave that guy he I seems like, like a sweetie Aw. yeah poor guy he's like wait are you leaving me i actually found it ridiculous that she was like i think we should maybe uh go our separate ways for a while and he's like what are you talking about and then she bails yeah and then she goes to the club That's so mean and doesn't he text her at any point while she's at the club right like if that were to happen to you You'd be texting be like, her. What? What's the deal there, man? What just happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she went out and like I think ostensibly started like trying to hook up with someone else. Daniel, the the other guy. I Damn, think. Damn, Daniel. Yeah, I know. Um, Larry Wilmore and Issa Rae. Yeah, both wrote this. Well, it's based on a web series she did called Awkward Black Girl. Okay. So like she was just a content creator on the internet who made this show, I guess, on YouTube or on her website or something called right. Awkward Black Girl, and 
it got picked up. I think Larry Wilmore bought it or something. Right. And so they've done a show that's kind of loosely based on it. They did two seasons, and is it is it still on or is it canceled now? I think it's still on. I think it's still on. Okay. Yeah. I th- did she get nominated? That was why we talked about it last week on the podcast, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Is she also, was she in the Carmichael show? I'm not sure. No? Tiffany Haddish was. No, I know the difference between Issa Rae and Tiffany. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not saying that they're the same, but I probably, yeah. Right. Anyway. Kind of backed me into a corner there. <laughs> kind of put me in an awkward place. I appreciate the banality, uh, banality mm-hmm. of Issa's job. She's a youth outreach liaison yeah. for a nonprofit. Right. Like it's so it's so common that in these shows they give people really accessible jobs. Right. Like Monica's a chef. Right. Ross is a paleontologist. Sure. Joey is an actor. These things that people know. Right. Whereas so many people are youth liaisons for, for doctor. Yeah. yeah. Like like re, like like flashcard jobs. Yeah. That a, like a three year old is learning. Right. Um. Yeah. Whereas like so many people have like boring sounding jobs. Sure. And those people are interesting people. Yes. But I've, I just like a little thing that I kind of thought was probably deliberate and I appreciated it. That was a good point. I thought there was a, it was a good way to introduce her character in front of a crowd of students that were kind of yelling like random mean things. They at were her. mean to her. And she had to, it was basically her just, it was basically like her, her subconscious. It yeah. She showed her insecurities. There we right. go. Full circle. Which they can't pick up on, which we see again in Molly in that like Issa thinks that Molly's got her shit together, even though she, if she, she knew if she were to think about it, she doesn't. Right. But that's kind of the fallacy of insecurity is that you feel alone in it because you look around and everybody's hiding their insecurities. Right. And so you think that you're the only one who has them. And Molly even says at one point, the only reason you're hanging out with me is because it makes you feel better about yourself. And she doesn't deny it. Like Issa is just like there. But I think it's also because she's texting while talking to her have you ever had i I don't know that i have but this is just an interesting question Mm -hmm. have you ever had a train wreck friend who did make you feel better about yourself no no uh no i don't think so because i don't think i have either i I think about friends that are going through challenging situations and it doesn't make me feel better it just makes me feel kind of like worse overall yeah you're a good person you have empathy (laughs) yeah yeah sure I think I'm in the same boat. Okay. I can't think of any. I think I'm more likely to just not befriend train wrecks. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's true too. I just mean like you know, shit happens. People like, you know, whether it's like someone losing their job or you know, coming on hard times, not having. That doesn't make something. the person a train wreck though. It's the people who just like are drama magnets. Oh. Have you had a drama magnet friend? No, I don't think so. Really. No. Not really. No. I enjoy Issa's rapping yeah and not just the song in the club like when she's doing the bathroom on her birthday in front of the mirror is that going to be a reoccurring thing in the show i don't know i'm not sure it's weird that she just like gets on stage and raps this song that she wrote in a club that's kind of like a coffee house where people are just getting up and doing their shit right. like there's that crying guy <laughs> yeah they call it like 1990s inglewood like it's got that vibe yeah but, but crying guy gets up there and some people are, she's like, half the people in here are dressed like crisscross. But then she ends up going up on stage anyway and rapping. Yeah. It's pretty good. Is that a thing that Issa Rae does? I don't know. I don't know Is enough about her. her character does. I liked her. Yeah. I, I, I think the show was fine. Mm-hmm. I liked her a lot. What do you think of the name Insecure? 
Are you asking me because I always nitpick on titles? Well, I'm asking you because there are a lot of names that you're like, uh, yeah, I guess. Long and short is yes. but I like the name Awkward Black Girl a lot more. Yeah. If that was the name of her web series. You're right. Um, and I'm not saying like Insecure is a bad title. Like, I don't know. I As, as somebody who sometimes makes things and mm-hmm. that don't go out into the world, but like, it, like makes things creatively, titles do matter a lot to me. And I'm somebody who will work on something for like months and months and months and be sure he has the right title for it right. a thousand times. Yeah. And two days later, you're like, I don't know. So it, it's like you not... you would never be like, it's called brevity no i mean unless it was obvious (laughs) obviously about something shortened i really don't like those those one word buzzword titles but sometimes the one word does sum it up like dark that's that sucked dark was a bad one what was another one uh i mean like i made that audiobook humbug yeah like i thought that was really good because it's like obviously a reference to something dickensian yeah but also by definition a humbug is a scam and so that's the story that I'm writing. Right. And so I think previous to that, I was like, I'm never going to write something that has a one word title. Mm-hmm. And then I realized what humbug meant. And I was like, there's no better title for this yeah. than that. It's the only time I've ever been sure about a title. Mm-hmm. And the you only released time. that in, out into the world? I, I did. Yeah, that's true. It's the only time I've ever been confident in, in something I've titled. Uh, it's hard. So I can understand why people just pick something vague. Right. But how does the word insecure become catchy? Another one is Atlanta. Like, I love Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I know it's supposed to... It does a pretty good job, especially in the second season, of mm-hmm. giving these little Snapchats of uh, disjointed uh, Atlanta culture, like yeah. the barbershop or whatever. Like, they yeah. don't flow, and that's kind of the point. Right. But I think there's probably a better title. Yeah. Oh, man. That barbershop episode mm. was... So frustrating. So frustrating. <laughs> but funny. Hilarious. Yeah. Was that the one where he ends up running out into the woods and then it becomes a whole new thing? No. That was a different one. Okay. No, he just like he he just goes along on a ride yeah. with this this barber sh- barber guy. Oh my god, it was so frustrating. Yeah, it was frustrating. Um have, have you finished the second season? No, I got a couple more. I don't think I've watched any more since No, I watched one after Teddy Perkins. Okay. And it's the one where Van goes to a party at Drake's house. Right. And yeah. I, I remember thinking, like, I thought that it would be a light episode after Teddy Perkins, and yeah. it's kind of not. There's some some dark overtones to that episode. There's some heaviness. And, and they actually use um, a line from that song at the end of uh, In My Feelings. Oh, really? Yeah. From that episode? Yeah. Where nice. Where it's like, I better find my, like, get my picture with Drake tonight or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that. Uh, that was, like, bringing it back to Insecure. Oh, yeah. Daniel's, Great Drake line. Yeah, Daniel says something about Drake, and she, she's like, how do you know I like Drake? He says, every black girl that went to college likes Drake. And she says, he just gets us. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was really funny. I, I looked around at a few more of those uh, uh, In My Feelings Challenge videos. Yep. What do you think? After we talked about it. It's kind of funny. I like how it's becoming a meme. So yeah. it's not just a challenge anymore. People will like open their tractor door and there's a cow there. And yes. Did you see the cow one? Yeah. I saw that today. That's really funny. Yeah. I saw it was like, Kiki, do you love red meat? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good caption. I wonder if Kiki does love Drake. I don't know. She's really withholding that information. Who is Kiki? We'll never know. That is the question. Um, Sleepy podcast tonight. You think so? I'm. I feel sleepy. Yeah, I'm a little not, bit sleepy. Too. I'm not like falling asleep, but I just feel like we're the last couple. I've taken. I've had some co- taken. I've taken coffee before. Yes. Um, but I've had such a brutal time sleeping in the yes. last couple nights. I don't know if it's because it's like fan on super hot. 
uh, that I do you I, find it hot in your house? Oh, my sweet hell, my dear child, it is so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like we're talking like twenty seven. Yeah, twenty eight degrees. Yeah, I mean you're up on a hill, right? We're up on a hill. We don't. Our basement doesn't really like exist. Like it's no. You're off. on a slab. Yeah. Yeah. So we are very warm. Yeah. And we were talking about buying air conditioning, and then we were like, no, you know what? There's only like seventeen days throughout the summer that it's like this painful. Well, it hasn't been like this every night, right? We just happen to no. be in a heat wave right now. Well, the other thing was we came from Montreal. So Thursday through Sunday, it was that hot. Yeah. And then came back and Monday was that hot. Tuesday, Wednesday. So it just, it seems even more intense. It's going to get a little bit better. It's very humid right now. That's part of it. That's the the thing. We have AC here. And so we're going to miss that a lot in the new house. Yeah. And we're not going to be buying uh, a heat pump in the next two years now, but we live like very close to a lake. I don't know if that's going to help at all. Right. Breeze wise. There's also more shelter. I'm used to living in these pizza oven buildings that are made of concrete and have no cross breeze. Right. So I'm hoping that makes a little difference, but it also kind of keeps it cool. Yep. Um, yeah, no, that's not my experience. These concrete buildings. <laughs> yeah. No, not really. But you've got a, a basement in this new place. Yeah. Finished basement. Yeah. That'll help. Yeah. And there'll be a bed down there. Good place so to go hang out. That's an escape. Ugh, jealous. Do you give your S to Insecure? Yeah, I think I do. I, I'm not going to... It's not on my list to like stream through it all. No, I'm not dying to see it. But, but it was good. I liked it. I'll give it my S. It's yeah, good. You, you can't discount the entertainment value of it. No, it was enjoyable. It and she was good, def- good story. Definitely likable person. Yeah. It was just like a compelling first character. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Two S's. Move along to the Looming Tower. Yeah. For which Def, Jan- Def Janiels... <laughs> Def Jamuels? Def Jamuels was nominated for an Emmy Award last week. Right. And I will nominate you for a showy award if you can summarize this in 30 seconds. I'm going to put you on the clock in three, two, one, go. So uh, Jeff Daniels works for the CIA. He's a spy and he's kind of like lead investigator on what's happening after the 9-11, September 11 attacks in New York. And uh, he also has a mistress and she's too pretty for him. And there, he, there, there's a new person in their bureau who is kind of suspect. And then there's a bombing at the embassy in Pakistan and there's a nice lady who goes on a date with the guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you're at 30 seconds. It's not my best work. <laughs> so I okay. don't really know narratively what happened in this. Okay. I think I can clear it up a little bit because I read the like synopsis before watching the show. Okay. I knew I was going to have to do this recap too. Yeah. So I don't know why I didn't think to do that. One of the things was it was kind of the struggle between the CIA and the FBI pre and post 9-11. Yeah. So we're in 2004. Yeah. At the very beginning. Yeah. I think. Well, but, no, we're, I guess we're going between 1998 and 2004. That's right. Yeah. So 1998 is when the bombing happens. Um, Jeff Daniels, I think is the head of the FBI. Okay. And I think Beardo yeah. is the head of the CIA. I see. And FBI alter, ultimately has like jurisdiction over the CIA. Right. And, um, so they're kind of like supposed to be working together, but they're kind of working against each other. Cause FBI is almost seen as a bunch of hotheads that'll just like put an agent somewhere and maybe like shoot up a place. Yeah. Um, in any case, or like 
take those uh, those leads that they have and torture them or whatever. Right. Um, in any case, yeah, he's living like a triple life. Like, yeah, you, you think it's a, a double life, but he ends up like his wife is actually at home with their two kids. That's right. Which you learn at the very end of the episode. Yeah. So that was crazy. He was kind of charismatic. Well, um, did you think? No, he was supposed to be charismatic. I, I kind of think, like, I want to like Jeff Daniels, yeah. but I think he's kind of a one-trick pony. Like, he makes a big effort to talk about how he's a serious actor who played a comedic comedic role one time. Yeah. He plays a lot of brilliant dickheads in a suit. Right. He looks a lot like uh, newsroom Jeff Daniels. It's that. the same. It's pretty much the same. What was his name again? Will McAvoy. Will McAvoy. Yeah. He was very McAvoyian. Yeah. McAvoyant. Well, right down to the point where, like, when he calls that secretary... And he, he doesn't say hello. He just immediately starts talking. And she's like, would you call what you do work? Right. I was like, who wrote this scene? Aaron Sorkin? And he's like, even if I can do it while drunk. Yeah. And she was like, sounds like a better day at the office than I've had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm sold on Jeff Daniels anymore. I was kind of surprised that this was one. You know what? You know what it ended up boiling down to for me? I just think that is something that Americans keep so close to their heart pre and post 9-11. Yeah that if you make something that people making something about that, it's just going to hold so um, important to yeah, them. But that's exploitation. I, I totally agree. Like, I, I think that way about, I didn't see American Sniper, but right. I remember thinking there's no way this movie is as good right. as it is American Rah Rah. Right. And it's funny because there's, um, there's a couple podcasts. There's one by a, a Navy SEAL named Jocko Wellink. And uh, he... He, as much America rah-rah as he is, he thinks the movie's kind of ridiculous. Sniper. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's like, you know, because he, he was buddies with that guy. Like, yeah, they yeah. were in the same platoon kind of thing. So to hear him talk about it is really like, oh, Jesus. The last couple of Eastwood movies have been that, too. The other thing about the guys who stopped the terrorist on the train. Right. Remember that? Yes. Yeah, and it actually featured the guys who stopped the the terrorists on the train. Yeah, which, by the way, apparently ruined the movie. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Nobody will see it because it's terrible. Didn't you have another one called Indian Horse? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like that one might have kind of redeemed him a little bit. Clint Eastwood has made lots of good movies. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't, wasn't super working for me. Although I did find it kind of interesting. You know, I yeah, I did like the FBI agent who was um Middle Eastern. Yeah, the guy who, who goes on a date. Yeah, I thought that was date. compelling. I found her really interesting. I was like, "Oh, we're never going to see this girl again and she's so charismatic." I think we are going to see that girl again cuz okay. they made too much of a big deal out of her. Well, I found it interesting when he's like, "I work in the FBI. I do background searches on all the girls I date." And she looks completely horrified by yeah that. she's like <gasps> and so he was joking i guess yeah and he admits it's a bad joke but i was disturbed when he said it i was like you shouldn't just brag about that Do background checks on someone. <laughs> I, I won't lie if i was out on a date with someone and they said they'd done a background check on me i'd be like oh that's good i passed yeah yeah like, true great yeah <laughs> oh so there's no dirt on me not, yeah not unless like, i'm getting busted right now right. <laughs> Oh, maybe that's why she started, like, her eyes started widening. Yeah. I'm about to get busted. So I want to talk about Michael Stuhlberg. 
<laughs> Who is this? Because <laughs> it sounds like you, you gave yourself a challenge at the beginning of the episode, and it was to make up a name. <laughs> you know then... what it sounds like? It sounds like a name Mike Sure made up right. for Parks and Rec or The Good Place. You you were like, hey, how about we go with, uh, we'll call him, I don't know, like Stool Bar. Like Bar Stool? So we'll call him Stool Bar. No, that's too easy. We're going to put a G on it. <laughs> Michael Stuhlbarg. Stuhlbarg. Michael Stuhlberg played Dick Clark in this, but not like Dick Clark, the TV presenter. Richard Clark, the guy with the white hair. Okay. Uh, this year alone, he has been in The Looming Tower, The Post, The Shape of Water, Call Me By Your Name, right. and Arrival. Wow. I knew he was in The Shape of Water. And he plays the dad in Call Me By Your Name, and he wins the movie. Oh, really? He wins the movie. And he's not a villain? No. Oh, he's a wonderful he guy in Comedy so, like, Name. villain-esque. No. No, he's a very good guy. Huh. Yeah. Cool. He's also in Steve Jobs. He played Andy Hertzfeld. He's like okay. a chameleon. Right. This guy, if he gets a few like leading roles, he's going to be considered one of the great character actors of our time. Mm-hmm. He will be in Oscar contention. Listen to the year he has had. It's unbelievable. That's insane. Yeah. He's How old is he? Do we know? I, I don't know, because he's a chameleon. Right. I think he's like 40, yep. but he could be 55. He could be 35. Could be 20. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm just joking. And he played the dad in Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, this is a testament to your amazing acting. Did you, you see that movie? movie? No, I haven't yet. It's very, it's good. It's his scene you gotta see. Really? Yeah. It's his what wins the movie. One scene. Well, I mean, he's in the movie a lot, but he has this monologue at the end. That's not the peach scene, is it? No. And I say that, I don't know what the peach scene is. I have you no don't? idea what that means. And I've heard multiple people like reference it in the Oscars and stuff. So I, I think I want to watch the movie. Do you have any guesses? So I get it. I'm, a, I'm like, I don't know if it's supposed to be like a... It's not a spoiler. It's, it's not even important to the story. It's just a bizarre thing that happens in it. Is it them like... like uh, no, if you don't have any idea, you're not going to guess. Is it them like portraying something on a peach? Yeah, you might say that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You want me to tell you? Yeah. So, uh, neither one of them identify as homosexual. Okay. But they're having this kind of like obvious heat between the two of them okay. as they befriend each other. Sure. Yeah. And uh, so far, not a spoiler. It's kind of that, that has, is kind of obvious by what the movie, that's what the movie is about. You know yeah. The and they have this, that. like this uh, romantic energy between the two of them. Okay. And the, the first time, uh, Timothy Chalamet, like fantasizes about army hammer. Mm-hmm. He fucks a peach. Oh, he comes in a peach. What? That's what, oh the, that's, what the, that's what the, that's what the peach scene is. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's the peach scene in Call Me By Your Name. Oh, that's like way more basic than I thought it was going to be. Well, that's what it is. And it's, also, it's just like, one scene. so borrowed from American Pie. Like, they, <laughs> they did I don't it know. first. Yeah, I guess so. I, <laughs> I think it's supposed to be more romantic because, like, the peach is supposed to be symbolic of something. Right. I'm not really sure what. But it's funny is, like, Chalamet and Army Hammer, people will give them peaches. <laughs> like as a as like a fan gift. Like oh uh, thanks. Or like I'm can you go, sign my uh, peach pick? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh, that's, so that's the thing that happens. You should watch the movie though. <laughs> well I'm sold. Yeah. No, no. She watched it for, for Stuhlberg. <laughs> for other reasons. Yeah, he's great. For Stuhlberg in the gang. <laughs> I'm serious, man. <laughs> was that what was that the top of the movie poster? <laughs> Stuhlberg and the gang. Yeah, they almost Starring. called it Stuhlberg and the Peach. 
<laughs> Stuhlberg and the Giant Peach. That's <laughs> all right. That's our band name. <laughs> that's it for sure. It's almost like what rhymes with orange. Blorange. And then nothing rhymes with blorange. <laughs> that's a mouse rat name. Yeah. 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 Which we did, like, I think, like, 10 minutes on one of these podcasts. Yeah, I recently listened to that one. Because I've been listening to old episodes of the show show. Did it hold up? It's not fun to do anymore, by the way. No, it feels like homework, listening to old show shows. Well, you don't have to. I know. I think I'm going to (laughs) stop. Okay. (laughs) Oh, you know what was crazy about this episode of The Looming Tower? What? That scene with real Bin Laden. Yeah, that was that I was. I did surreal. find that interesting. That was surreal. So they cut this scene mm-hmm. where they have footage of Bin Laden being interviewed by ABC News, mm-hmm. but the guy, the interviewer, is an actor. Yeah. So I guess they've kind of co-opted it, but it's very convincing. And I never really knew exactly how that went out. Like I didn't know that an American journalist sent that through. Yeah, I guess. Like an American journalist was on the ground with Osama Bin Laden. I always just thought it was someone from. Osama bin Laden's cell that got it out to the media somehow. It is. Well, this is why being a journalist is, can be very dangerous because you yeah. can get kidnapped or murdered. It happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's amazing to think that like, people were doing the that. fact that like what happened Did they just put a hood over him and then like drive him away and then drop him off somewhere. And he had the tape. Yeah. But like, it. I know you have as a journalist, a commitment to the truth and exploring answers and yeah. story and everything. But like, I'd be so sure that I'm going to get beheaded. So why would I ever put myself in that and position? And that behavior would probably cause you to get beheaded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be like, oh, huh. Why are you so why jumpy? Why is this reporter so sweaty? <laughs> well, because you always behead people. Well, yeah, and we're surrounded by men with AKs firing them straight into the air. So that was quite quite interesting. I found that fascinating. Yeah, you're right. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was good. I thought uh, Jeff, that maybe Jeff Daniels' story will get better. I thought the explosion was really effective. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah that was really, really wild. Um, also, like, it's based on historically uh, real events, they, although they make it very clear that they've kind of twisted it a little bit. Right. Um, it's one of those mini series. Do you find that the mud in, uh, in between drama series and limited series is getting a little too murky? Like yeah. so many of these shows are like, oh, we're just a mini series, and then they get popular we're and they get to come back. Season. So they've yeah. already said, even though this is based on a Pulitzer Prize winning book from 2007, and we've exhausted the source material. If people like it, uh, we'll do a season two, and we'll base it on the origins of the Muslim Brotherhood. <laughs> just putting it out there, but we're not really sure. So I, I'm starting to find this limited series, uh, mm. like distinction very bullshitty like handmaid's tale is a limited series yeah i thought unabomber was like you know you can pretty much only do one thing with that show i agree but it was called manhunt unabomber i think so they could do so another could manhunt do show manhunt, whatever well in the same with uh but that's okay like american crime story like they did a mini series about oj simpson they did that's a right. mini series about uh andrew kunan and i can see how those are different series yeah. andrew kunan and i found like it was it became a struggle to get through that that's so funny because you love the pilot. Did you finish it? I did. Yeah, yeah. It was. It got gory. Eh? It just got really dark. Yeah, like it got so like. Ah, uh, now we're just following this guy, and he's doing bad stuff. I read the Wikipedia page about what he does to people. Yeah, he gores people. Yeah. I also just don't get the point of like trying to create this sympathetic character out of that monster. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't a huge fan of it. Well, I wasn't a huge fan of the Looming Tower. Why is it called the Looming Tower? 
I think it's supposed to be about one of the Twin Towers. Which one was the looming tower? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. But I figure that one of them probably probably was. one of them loomed more so than the other. I don't know because there's actually a picture of the twin towers on the like cover art. I guess, yeah, yeah. For lack of a better term. All right. I don't know. Do you give it your S? No. I don't think I do either. No, me neither. I'm surprised that this show is getting nominated for Emmys. I think, like you said, I think it's patriotism. I said after, yeah, that's true. After the show, um, I said a lot of this was based on a true story. And Jen said, "Do you think that guy was actually living a triple life? I hope not." Yeah, I don't I think like, so. I was like, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that was to, I would think that was to make the person a human, right? Rather than just like this paper pusher, right? Rather than just a guy, yeah, just to create FBI. some kind of some kind of drama in his personal life to offset the drama that was happening in the real world, right? So we got an S for secure, for we got an S for insecure, and we have a no S. Don't watch for the Looming Tower. I just Googled Will Smith news to see <laughs> like what's happening in Will Smith, and this I swear to God this is a headline posted 13 hours ago about Will Smith. Will Smith throws up the peace sign in NYC. <laughs> That's it. Like two fingers. I like how you gave me the peace sign after saying it too. But just to clarify how stupid that headline is. Yeah. Somebody thought, oh, I have my story. There's a, uh, he, he believes in peace. <laughs> Did they elaborate on that, I wonder? I choose to think they don't. That's so dumb. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Right after that, Will Smith punched him in the face. He punched somebody in the face, yeah, which was not very peaceful. Peace. Never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. Hey, we're done. Podcasts in here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bye.